Hi, this is Mr. Saad of MyPartnerIsKinky.com, and you're listening to The Massacast. Massacast is free and supported by listeners like you. If you like what you hear, and we're sure you will, please become a supporter of The Massacast by going to the website and clicking Donate. Hello, and thanks for downloading another episode. This episode, it's an extra special episode. Um... Like I said, we've been doing talking about kink events the last few episodes, and this one, really looking forward to, it is uh, Chelsea and Yandy. Now, Chelsea, who you may recognize her voice, she was uh, on two previous episodes with uh, Parker from New York Toy Collective. Great episodes. If you haven't heard those episodes yet, you're in for a good time if you go back and listen to them. Uh, but do that after you listen to this episode. Uh, it's about uh, their upcoming event, Amorous Revolt. Uh, queer Kinky Camping, it's uh, July 30th, excuse me, July 31st through August 2nd of this year. Um, and it's really unique how they've set it up. You have to apply. Not, not just anyone can show up. They want to make sure that the right people show up. Um, so you have to uh, apply. You have to come with at least one person. You can come with two people, but you can't come alone. It's, uh, there's a whole reasoning behind it, but um, you have you, if you want to go, you should go right now as you're listening to it, AmherstRevolt.com. And actually, if you use the coupon code MASSACAST, you get an extra 50 bucks off. So first you have to sign up, then come back. And uh, once you get approved, you can use the coupon code MASSACAST to get a discount. Um, so yeah, they'll tell you all about it. It's a really fun uh, conversation with Chelsea and Yandy, and here they are. Uh, you should start going doo doo in harmony. Ah, uh, mm, boop boop, is this thing on? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks a lot. This is not your first time on. You. No, no my third. This is your third time. Oh my goodness, third time's the charm. Does you do you think? Um, you're gonna you're gonna lord this over Parker for having one up on her literally. Yes, that's my intention. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna play this and uh, just like smile, right. and then she's gonna be like, "What are you listening to?" And I'll be like, "Oh, do you want to listen to me and Andy?" <laughs> <laughs> but Yandy, this is your first time. It is. It's my my first podcast ever, actually. So you you were in the green room before the show. They set you up, no problem. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's no, all green in here. You were you went through makeup and and mm-hmm. coaching all that stuff. You signed all the waivers. Yeah, you're so you're here now. You might as well do it, right? I, I'm excited about it. We're actually here not only just to talk about you as amazing people, but also uh, Chelsea was telling me about this amazing thing that she's got coming up or that you both have coming up. And she showed me the website. I'm like, that website's awesome. Whoever did that is cool. <laughs> uh, and it's Amorous Revolt. Yes. Uh, give me the, Before we talk about you personally, give us the, the cliff notes of what is Amorous Revolt. And, and will the National Guard be coming out? During or after the revolt? Oh gosh, we can we can neither confirm nor deny the presence of the National Guard. Um, so, Amherst Revolt is a weekend event that's coming up this summer. Mm-hmm. It's uh, July thirty first to August second, and it's at a campground in Maryland. And basically, what happened is Chelsea called me up one day last year, and she said, "Andy, I have this. I have this." I have this cool no, you're idea. Gonna, you're not <laughs> just, just face it. That's all you have to do. So, yeah. Um, she said, I have this cool idea um, where I really want to be at Ramblewood, but I want to be at Ramblewood with 
with all queers, um, with queer family. And, you know, we've, we've both been to Ramblewood a couple of times. We both really love it. Um, Ramblewood, for those people who don't know, we should just say. uh, It's this beautiful campground in Maryland. Um, It's huge. There's tons of space. There's woods you can go hiking in. There's a big pool. There's a pond. There's tennis courts and a basketball hoop. Um, Although I've, I've, I've seen more people suspended off the basketball hoop than actually playing basketball. I don't think that's regulation, but okay. <laughs> I don't think... The NBA will get you kicked out for that. That's true. I was going to make that joke, but then I didn't know which uh, acronym. <laughs> oh, like NFL or something? <laughs> yeah. However... The NFL would be very upset. It could be, <laughs> it could be like Air Bud, where they say, well, there's no rule that says you can't do it. There's no rule that says you can't have a dog play basketball. There's no rule that says you can't suspend someone off the basketball hoop. I've never. You seen never one. know. Yeah, I didn't see Airbud either. But the dog I, 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 yeah, and I the whole idea the of them saying, "Well, there's no rule that you can't have a dog." Um, so but it, so so yeah. Ramblewood is this beautiful, beautiful place. Um, I love how you recovered from that horrible. <laughs> so um, Ramble's okay. <laughs> and um, you know, and both of us are very embedded in sort of the queer kink scene here, um, and. I've been throwing queer kink parties in New York for a couple of years. Um, and that's why Chelsea came to me because um, the the queer kink parties that I throw here, um, you know, they're very intentionally created. They're very, um, they're made with really an eye to radical politics and with um, safety and security and consent as really high priorities. Um, and so we thought, well, this works really, this model works really well as uh, as a party in New York um, for one night where we have uh, an inflatable kiddie pool full of glitter and we have Star Trek burlesque and we have, you know, the, the fantasy fulfillment program where people write in, they tell us there's actual fantasy and we make it happen on the stage at the venue. Um, we, we were talking and we thought, you know, this model works really well as a party in New York. Um, what if we had, you know, a whole weekend of it that was at this beautiful campground. So it was just this space that was just, you know, hours for the weekend where we could, uh, where we could live, you know, in, in the way that we wanted to with our family, with the people that we wanted to be around, um, and make a space that felt really safe and really, um, really cool and productive and, and have a skill share. Yeah. And really have like a summer vacation place. Like there's, there's a pretty good, amount of parties there's parties but there are usually like a day maybe two days but there wasn't a summer event that i could really think of that like there just wasn't a summer event like a multi-day summer event and there wasn't a camping event so it's like why why doesn't this exist like why can't we do it and in planning we certainly learned all the obstacles (laughs) as to why it does not exist which we deal with every day right uh so there's and there's so many moving parts and it's super complicated and and, you know it's 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 i mean keeps us up both at night right sure um so there's many reasons why there's not a million camps, queer camps going right. on, but um, but we think but we can do it. Be worth it can, it. yeah, it'll be worth it, and we can do it. And I like wanted to do it, but I knew like I don't have very much party planning experience. Like I knew I couldn't pull it off. The thing that I have always found about myself when I'm throwing parties is that I'm not very, I'm not really a business person. I'm terrible with money, and I'm a big softy. 
Um, and so, you know, everyone gets in free. And- I, I, I always want to let everyone in for free. You know, I, I just, I want everyone to be able to come and party with me and go ahead they no, can't, take the sofa with you. Exactly. I know you need it, right. You know, and so, and so we kind of have to like, we balance off each other in that way. Um, where Chelsea is a brilliant business mind and really, really good with money. Um, and so keeps me from just giving everyone free tickets, you know, and ending up with us bankrolling the entire thing. <laughs> um, but, but so it's, it's cool. I think that we, we have, um, sort of complementary areas in that way. Yeah. That's been really interesting. Like trying to create, um, an incredibly accessible event has been one of the challenges, but I also think like it will be one of the best things about this event. Like one thing we're offering, which we're super proud of is like, is the payment plan, which allows people to pay over time. And if you think about like paying over time, like you can't usually do that for things like airplane tickets. I mean, you can usually get 30 days on a credit card, but after 30 days, you're getting charged interest and like, so like we're able to offer things like that. And like, we also like in the process, like learning how to set that up, like the internet is not really like built for payment plans. Like it's, it takes like a lot of like work and extra to make that happen. But we're like putting that work in to make it work. Yeah. Financial accessibility is really important to us because, um, you know, when you're aiming an event at queer people at, you know, LGBTQ people um, who are not traditionally the most uh, wealthy demographic, um, you know, you want to be able to attract the right demographic and then you want them to be able to actually do it. Right. Um, you know, and, and in order to, go to a lot of the weekend events that exist, you have to be able to drop $200, $250 all at once. And a lot of people can't do that. Um, I know for a lot of my life, I wasn't able to do that. Hell, I couldn't do it right now. Yeah. And well, so and so the pay, the payment plan and the other financial accessibility things that we're doing, like the the ride share and, you know, the everything like yeah. that, um, we're doing that with an eye to allowing people who can't usually attend weekend events to be able to have this experience with us. Uh, I, I want to say, because there are jokes that I was going to make. I did help with the website. Yeah, and so you did, when you were yeah. talking about the payment plan, how difficult that is, I'm like, no shit, it's different. That payment plan, <laughs> honestly, that payment plan was, how many hours do you think were spent on making that payment plan? Well, the, the problem, there, there were so many variables that yeah. went in. So we get one, we, we hit one area. We're like, okay, done. And then, and then you come back to me like, well, there's one other thing. Uh, Lithuania doesn't allow, you know, whatever. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck Lithuania, you know, whatever. Yeah. Sorry, Lithuanians. Anyway, uh, no, but there, there was a lot of things, a lot of hurdles. But I think what this does, because there were times when I thought, this is, no, Chelsea, you don't need to have. And then when I realized, no, there's a reason behind it. It's, it's because you actually want it to be accessible for a lot of people. And that was the important thing, you know, and, and, and making it easy to do, not, you know, well, I should say easy for the user to do, difficult yeah. for me to do. But, you know, it, it got the job done. But there were all these different variables. But the the end goal was for people to be able to do it. And I think that I mean, that, that was one thing that I after I saw, you know, heard you describe the way you needed it done, uh, then it made it a lot more sense. That way. Yeah. And, and one of the cool things to like. The way the the whole campus is set up, the structure um, is the same structure that Andy's used at, I think, all of your other parties. Um, right. It's called the Unicorn Buddy System. 
It's a very technical yeah. term. And basically, it means you need to come with a buddy or a triad. And we just want to know about you and your buddy. Um, and we also want to know if you have any security concerns. Right. So people register in in pairs or in threes. Um, and the, the reason that I use that and the reason that I've been using it for as long as I've been throwing events is that means that everybody that walks through the door or metaphorical door, if we're talking about the campground, um, everybody that walks in there um, isn't alone already. Right. Um, and so everyone has someone that's got their back, that's looking out for them, that's making sure they're okay. And also everyone's got somebody there that's holding them accountable um, and that's keeping an eye on their behavior. Um, and the way that we've always, that, that um, so my party series has been called Myth. Um, and, and the way that we've always done it at Myth is, if any person at the party uh, breaks a rule or hurts someone or gets sloppy drunk or does, you know, anything that means that they're not um, welcome in the space anymore. Um, if they get kicked out, their buddy gets kicked out, too. Right. So it's a real incentive for everyone that's that's choosing who they're going to go with to pick someone that they trust to to act well and to to be good to the other people in the space. And so. When we're doing our screening process, we look at the applications and we decide, you know, is this someone that we want in this space? Um, not only are we screening them, but they have that extra layer of screening that they're being chosen specifically by someone who knows them and knows their behavior right. and thinks that they will be a good pe person to be there with. Yeah. Um, plus, just the fact that you have someone else going, that means you you have someone who is at least socially uh, adept enough to have a friend. Yeah. yeah. They can yeah. be a friend or a lover. Um, yeah. Or, or, both. or, or someone or you both. really want to bone. Yeah. Or, a date. You know, um, anything like that. And, and, you know, I've had a lot of people over the years come at me like, why is this, <laughs> why is this buddy system here? Like, this is, this is I'm so, a lone gunman. This is so I onerous. Be, right? I can't be a lone gunman if I'm with someone. And I'm like, you, you, you really only need to be able to make one, one friend. friend. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and yeah. just for a night. And it's okay, like a right? carpool. And, Oh, so what I was so because it's not like a traditional checkout system where you just enter your credit card information and pay because you do an application and then we send you an email, which at times ends up in your spam folder promotions tab says like you're awesome come join us. Right. Um, we're able to like actually see. This is going back to the whole financing it. Uh, what I was going to say is the vast majority of people have actually really taken advantage of the financing, right. which is huge to think about. And like right now it's March and the event is in July. So that's like a, a bunch of months. What is that? Three, four, 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 seventy. <laughs> All right. It's I'm a it's many days. It's many days away. It's it's months away. So lots of people can't aren't really like at a place mentally where they're really ready to plan for July yeah, yet right. either. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. So the so the payment plan, right? So so the two tricks to the payment plan are like since it's a payment plan and it's it's spread out over time, you need to sign up in advance so we have time to collect the payments right. over time, which right. is difficult since many people don't plan vacations right. months in advance. Right. But hopefully, if we can get the event going, people will like it. Word will spread. Well, the, the other thing too is so you have, and that's like another like skill like planning. Like it's you put down a couple dollars, right? Each day, well, you can have all sorts of cool things. Here's one reason why I wanted you to come on the podcast is because it's just interesting how you did it. And I think there's a lot of people listening. I've had a lot of emails from people who, how do I get my local event going? And I live in Clear Pond, Alabama. And how do I, you know, how do I get, you know, how do I make an event or whatever? And this is a lot of useful information, I think. Even if people, someone's not making the exact same thing, um, 
someone's not going to go out there and make Amorous Resort or something. <laughs> you know, someone's out there, I'm sure, is going to have an idea. Oh, buddy system, that's a great idea or whatever. Um, and they'll be able to learn from, you know, what you've done and also just kind of, you know, get a good vibe about how it works. Um, yeah, I want to give credit where credit is due. Uh, well, thank I, you. I, I appreciate stole, that. Um, I that means stole a lot the buddy system uh, oh. wholesale from uh, from Kinky Salon. Um, I, I tweaked it a little bit. I, you know, made it my own. But that that was they they've been doing that for a long time. And I, I don't I don't want to act like that was an idea that I came up with out of the blue. Kinky well, I don't Salon's think I, doing I, that I'm sure. Well, then again, I don't know. There probably was someone who was about to. I take great umbrage to the, you know, yeah. like now they're deleting. All right, fine. Delete that draft. Maybe you'll get lots of emails with people telling you the original origin of the <laughs> right. bloody system. It actually started it in started Greece. in and... swim camp when you needed someone to, like, get in the pool with to make sure you didn't drown. Sure. Yeah, sure. When you cross the street. Yeah. You to hold somebody's hand. So let's let's talk about, uh, I'm curious about your party. It's the Four of Cups. Is that right? Or is that my um, brain? So the most recent iteration of the party was called Ten of Cups. Ten of Cups. Four of Cups is a is a different tarot card. Yes. <laughs> um, axe. Ten of Cards. Ten of Cups <laughs> is a... your tarot card straight. Um, ten of Cups <laughs> is the tarot card that's about um, family and and sort of home. Yeah. Um, and I, I threw that party to... That was two summers ago. It was like a year and a half ago. Um, to celebrate Queer Chosen Family. Um, and it was, it was sort of connected to the myth, um, series and it, it, it was, you know, the same resources, the same people. Um, but it was myth, myth is a, is a, is a basically a series of, of parties that mm-hmm. you've brought. Yeah. So there've been, there've been five myths, um, and, and then, and then 10 of cups was sort of separate. Um, and I, I threw it partially because, um, several of the members of my own chosen um, queer family were moving away and I, I threw it as like a, a goodbye gift to them to let them know how much they mean to me and right. um, you know and, and sort of give them the best gift that I knew how uh, and uh, and so that was that was one of the that was one of the parties um, that one was a little bit different than the previous parties because um, it was at a different venue and so they didn't allow sexual contact which set it apart from the the other myth parties that that i've thrown um but it was it was very very sweet we had a beautiful performance lineup we had um damien lux did this gorgeous performance art thing where she uh put needles in her chest with string with thread coming off it and used the thread to like encompass everyone there and like brought everyone into her heart it was it was really lovely um and there were lots of needles uh, and there was a fire performance um and uh and and some music and a, a short film that and you know we asked people to come and perform uh, you know bring art and performances and talk about their family their queer family and what their family means to them and how their life is enriched by having a chosen family like that here's how i know that the quality of people who show up at your parties is different than the quality of people who show up at the events I go to. No party they've ever gone to would people be conscious enough to to sit and even react when someone said, and now time for the short film. The fact that you had people who were willing to, you know, participate in that. The people I, I you know, when I go to a party, I'm, you know, we're basically just fending off creepy people asking to worship our feet, clearly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or not, Saad's feet, not mine. Uh, clearly. You, you seem to have very nice I'm people. sure they're great. But um, the fact that, the fact that you have, 
you know, you are surrounding yourself with people who, you know, are are in on the on the game as well or have the same goal of the party that you have. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Well, it's 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 really um, it's really important to me. I think um, one of the one of the th- reasons that that ends up being the case, I think, is because it's an invitation only party. Right. Um, and so it's not just sort of anyone that wanders in um, or anyone that happens to see it on FetLife. Like, right. you have to be really invested in order to end up at the party. You have It has to mean something to you. As someone who's been to both types of parties, the ones where people are trying to come up and worship your feet and the types of parties where people are not coming up and trying to you should worship. Say you're the person who's walking up to people asking to worship their feet. Oh, yeah. Chelsea's a creep. Totally creepy person. <laughs> um, going to parties without buddies or without rules and boundaries, for me, can be super stressful. Um, especially because, like, my partner's, like, super, like, feminine looking. Um, because it's, like, nonstop non-stop mm-hmm. and so it's hard to like be and be sexy and like wear clothes and sort of like be free um because like there's so many people like interrupting and coming up and making assumptions maybe you're right with the idea of an intentional space but i think you can really like yeah. taste it and you get the energy is really different i think it's also that that when you have um you know, I think I think myth and QI are two examples of this. When you have a party that um, it, that really knows what people it wants there, um, you end up having a real community space in the party, and so you don't have people who are there for the purpose of like objectifying or like being predatory right. towards the other people who are there, because the other people who are there are viewing you as as members of their community and members of their extended family and so they're you know it's a lot more humanizing yeah um than just you know you you walking off the street and you're like wow there's a lot of chicks with no shirts on in here right whoa i'm so overwhelmed by the nudity i'm just gonna Oh, Fart everywhere. That didn't really show up on the in the. <laughs> you were doing the honk site. honk hand, <laughs> hand boob hand boob honk honk <laughs> right. gesture. Yes. Um, we can put a little a little gif. People when, imagine when just farting it. on people for a second. <laughs> that was the sound you associated. Oh god, I'm terrible at this. Right. But but that that when when you have when you have people um, coming together intentionally with in community. Um, they're less likely to see the other people that they're in that space with as um, as objects um, to to pursue and 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 uh, and and own. It's interesting because uh, almost, I mean, we don't go to events very often anymore because uh, most of the time, if we want to just hang out with our kinky friends, we just invite them over or we go mm-hmm. there. Most of the most of the events we go to are public events, and we're just like. Meh. Oh, we'll we'll go maybe play a, do a scene somewhere and then we'll leave or you know whatever like that because it's not that friend family type of vibe, right? It's yeah. very oh, here's a space and then you're fending off creepy people and I'm giving guys looks like I'm going to kill them because they're you know going up to sod and saying something creepy. Um, or there's the the character I've come up with a sort of like my, my version of Stephen Colbert's. Stephen Colbert, you know, Stephen Colbert, yeah, yeah. mine would be the opposite of me would be Master Fantastic, 
I'm trying to, th- I'm slowly developing this character where Master Fantastic is the douche dom, the like, well, you're just dominant because you haven't been with me yet, lady. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm I'm just naturally dominant. Right, exactly. <laughs> Douche dom, that's funny. That's my that's my I you know that, that that's mm-hmm. the type of thing you're dealing with. And yeah. so why would you go? Why would you go to events like that? Whenever I have friends who describe, who, who identify as queer, who go to these parties, I'm like, why? We don't have anything like that in the you know in in the public scene. It seems like that you know you're it's always a private event or it's an invite only. I'm just saying you don't you don't see any of those you know very often. Events that are welcoming and you're like, oh, have a having a good time and just, you know, yeah. chill. Well, it's it's also tough, I think, because it's it's much more labor intensive. Right. Than mm, just when when you when you throw like a monthly party um, and what you do as the person throwing the party is you like coordinate with the venue and you maybe bring in the furniture. Right. And then you just sit back and let whoever shows up show up. Because right. you're you're it's, you're goal is to make money or right. whatever, right? It's way easier and there's way less work involved. And so you can do it monthly. Like the the screening process um, and all of the prep with the, the performance lineups and, the, and you know, the different programs, everything that, that I do in myth, like I could never do that monthly. I would burn out. Right. Um, and and so I think when when you have, when it's important to you to be able to do something regularly, then there are things that will fall away. Right. Let's go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, with that, um, so we have, because it's um, not your typical party and your typical checkout system, people have a lot of questions. Like, um, they have questions about the buddy system. They have questions about, they, you know, there's, if, if you can think of it, they they are asking a question. Um, if a train leaves Chicago going 35, you've gotten yeah, that question. Yeah, I've gotten that question. Um, things that are, you know, it's, I don't really need to like bore you with the nitty gritties, but people have a lot of questions and especially cause there's cabins and housing. And so what, I, what I'm getting at is there's just a ton of like answering emails and customer service and like works and questions and concerns. I'm allergic to carbon. Does any of your food have carbon? <laughs> those sorts of things. Yeah. Or like there's those types of things like they want, people want, have a lot of questions. And so there's a, and a lot of them you can't answer or, um, they can't answer. Uh, they just uh, questions. I couldn't imagine that like a resort gets asked or an, yeah. another event gets yeah. asked. Like I'm not doing the meal plan. So can I, is there a refrigerator? Well, it's camping. So like if you could bring a cooler, that would be great. Like there'll be ice for sale because it's a commercial kitchen. So we can't really have people going in and out. Right. Like, so there's lots of questions and there's nothing like wrong with asking me that question or like, it's my birthday. Can I bake a cake? I can't really have you using the commercial kitchen. Right. Um, but you can bring your own easy bake oven and then. Yeah. Or like you come in, if you come in early, like I'll put your cake in the fridge and right. then you tell me like I'll serve it at midnight snack or something like, you know what I mean? Like I'll work with you a hundred percent, but I can't, you know what I mean? Like there's. Uh, like how many people do we have? So there's a lot of questions that I think if we were yeah. doing this regularly, we would entirely slip through the crack or like. I want to say, first of all, every time I've entrusted Chelsea with a cake, it gets there. It, it's always there. <laughs> no, I'm I'm going to eat the cake. <laughs> every t- Maybe. I don't know you as, as well, Yandy, but Chelsea, every time I'm like, she comes over and says hi. And then I'm like, hey, can you take this cake and just bring it back next time you come home? We don't have room in our fridge next time. It's there. It's there every single time. Yeah, so Pristine condition. Those sorts Amazing. of things. and Or like, I would like to bring this. Um, 
the the thing is, I think there's a lot a lot of hand, handholding. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of people have a lot of questions. They have a lot of concerns. And if we were running this regularly, I guarantee you, like we would never be able to reply right. to folks. This is great. Let's talk about you personally. Okay. Non-event stuff. We'll Non-event get back to the stuff. event. Okay. Uh, let's start with you, Yandy. Okay. Uh, earliest kink experiences. How like how did you first find out, identify? Mm-hmm become kinky like what was that like early on so i had this girlfriend in college um and she she and i sort of reinvented the wheel the way that kinky people who don't know that kinky is a thing do um where we had the like my little sheriff kit from the dollar store with the little (laughs) junky handcuffs you know (laughs) and we were just you know we just sort of figured out, I think she had a little more of a handle on it being a thing than I did. I was just like, wow, this is cool. But how did you think of this? <laughs> <laughs> and then she, um, she traveled, we were in college in upstate. She would come down to the city every now and then. And she sort of learned that there was a scene. And so when I moved to the city for grad school, she introduced me to some people and, uh, and they, they, the people that she introduced me to were like, Hey, what are you doing? you know, Sunday night, there's this party. Um, and so I was like, Ooh, I like parties. You know, I, I, uh, Ooh, I'm up for a party. Yeah. No, basically like <laughs> pushing my glasses. Yeah. And, um, and so I like put on my little, you know, uh, Petco dog collar that I got myself. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I, I went to, you know, this, uh, this Lower East Side bar with a fish tank in the basement. And, um, I know, I know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. And I, I walked, you know, I walked in there and, um, and I was like, holy shit, this was already a thing. Right. You know? And, um, I mean, you didn't have any, you didn't have any exposure to like even the bad portrayals in, in, you know, comedies or something like that of, uh, you know, I don't think I connected it with right. like, you know, all of, all of the pop culture portrayals, like even now and then especially, right. um, cause I, I am a little older than I look. Um, they, they don't really talk about sexual desire. Right. They talk about the trappings. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I could identify within myself that like, I, I had these desires for, physically and psychologically intense um sensations but it didn't seem to have anything to do with you know what you see when you're watching a comedy movie and like a dominatrix right. in big air quotes comes in that's fascinating yeah that makes sense yeah that you wouldn't connect those in that way yeah, yeah. um and so i just i just jumped in with both feet um and i you know i i investigated the swinger scene for a little while and then i Ran away from that. that okay, hold on. Pause. Why did you run away from the swingers? Yeah, Andy, scene? Where, why did you run away from the swingers? Oh, uh, you know the answer to this? I mean, I don't know the answer. I could make some educated guesses. <laughs> <on the> answer. <laughs> um, the the swinger scene, you know, and and it's also relevant that like in practice, a lot of the scenes overlap. In that, like, you know, if if what you want to do is like have sex at a party, yeah. it can be a swinger party. It can be a kink party. It can be a queer party. Like it's not about the practice that differs. Um, it's the same thing as, you know, the, the guy that runs the puppy play event that I go to regularly. Um, I asked someone's like, what's the difference between pup players and furries? And he said, well, 
Pup players call themselves pup players and furries call themselves furries. So like the difference between the primary difference between like swingers and not swingers is that swingers will call themselves swingers. Okay. Um, that said, um, the people that identify themselves as swingers that like go to swinger parties um, in the New York scene, I can't speak to anywhere else. Right. Um, it's very, very straight. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Um, and it's very, very cis. And it's very vanilla. So I remember there was, I went, I went to this one swinger party. I showed up with my girlfriend and she broke out her buck knife and everyone got a little alarmed. Like, what are you doing here with that knife? That's not something that's like in our lexicon of things that can be involved in sex. Right. Uh, and we were like, okay, we're, you know, and, and also they, when we got there, they like didn't know how to charge us entry because um, you know, the couple price is like 80 bucks and the single woman price is like 10 bucks. Um, and they looked at me and they were like, oh, that's a lady, you know? And so, um, and so they were totally confused. They were like, we've never encountered lesbians before ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fiction. Like they're, they're like dragons and unicorns. Well, but so like what happens there, there's, there's, there's like a certain culture of like, you, the people show up in, in straight couples and then the, the, the women half of the couple will like have bisexual interactions with each other, but then they all go home with their yeah, boyfriends, yeah. right? Or their husbands. Um, and so we got there and we were just too weird for those mirrors, you know? And, um. No one wanted to swing with you guys? You know, it just, it broke my heart. <laughs> <laughs> they saw that knife and they were like. We had an inter, we had, uh, interaction because there, there was a swingers group that would, uh, ask Saad to come and like do tutorials and sort of like it wasn't you know the free handcuff but it was like here's your intro to kink type of thing mm-hmm. and then after she did that we would play a little bit and um, she had a strap on that she was using and like the guys were like what the fuck holy yeah. shit you know <laughs> meanwhile all the women were like can I do that to him too you know they're all like and then at another event she started doing fire play and there was a guy who was previously like the macho, you know, like his screen name is alpha wolf 69. You know? yeah. And he was Sounds like, like he had a bucket yeah. of water and he's like, okay, I'm ready to just get my hand on the fire alarm. I've dialed nine one. I'm ready for the next one. You know, he was like freaking the fuck out. That's a little bit adorable. Yeah, but That's he was really just cute. like, this is like, what the bottom? You know, I don't, I don't understand. That's yeah. crazy. It was very, you know, like, this is nothing. This is nothing. There's no, she was like, there's not even any blood involved. Blood! <laughs> It was very, you know. Yeah, so that's what the swinger scene is like. I, I, for me, the swinger scene is very much, it's sort of like, you know, in all those 80s movies when, and this is not, this is only my limited, my limited scope of the few, very few swingers parties I've gone to. Um, the swingers people are equivalent to, they're, they're very similar to uh, the, the, the jock and his cheerleader girlfriend in all the 80s movies, this, like the teen 80s movies. You know, the jock and his, his you know, the, the bully jock and his cheerleader girlfriend, sort of vapid, maybe vapid is the wrong word, but they're just, you know, they're that, that's what they are, right? They're not the, you know, they're, they're the, the people who are kind of bullying the other people sometimes in the, in, you know, when they were in high school and then they grew up, they're not bullies anymore, but they're, you know, maybe peaked a little early. I don't know. 
That's just the that's just the vibe I've got. Again, I've only been to a few swingers parties. That's just me. Well, I uh, I, I ricocheted from the swinger scene um, into just just the kink scene, um, you know, and also the queer scene. Um, there was a little bit of a queer kink scene at that time. There weren't there weren't a lot of parties, um, but there were a couple. Um, and as time has gone on, I've 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 withdrawn from the like more mainstream kink scene a little bit. Um, I don't, I don't really go to like public parties very much anymore because I've turned into a curmudgeon and I just want to sit at home with my cat. Right. Um, and like bake muffins. <laughs> and, um, uh, is that when you, uh, I'm not familiar with that euphemism. Muffins? Oh, you mean actually bake muffins? No, I mean, I mean muffins. Oh, I thought you were like, oh shit, this is going to be really <laughs> weird, man. This is fucked up. I'm going to have to edit this out. That's how crazy this is going to be. Baking muffins. Um, but so what happened was I was in the, I was in the king scene for a while. Um, and I started to realize that there was a party that I really wanted to go to that was, um, you know, you could fuck there, but it wasn't really a swinger party and it was kink positive. Um, and it was, um, you know, it was, it was mostly, you know, queer people and like radical people and political people. Um, but also didn't have that kind of busted like gender policy where a lot of a lot of queer parties have a door policy of like it, this is for women and trans people. Um, and so if you're a queer sister, you can't go, um, you know, and a lot of those parties also, you know, it, it can be really challenging because they have to like look at you when you get there and decide if it's OK for you to come in. Right. So I, I, I was like, I don't I don't want to have to I don't want to have a gender policy like that because I don't I don't think that you can like decide based on like your visual perception of someone's gender, whether they're cool to hang out with. Um, so I want, I want it to be, you know, like queers and political people and, and, and people who like, aren't like entitled douchebags. Um, and nobody was throwing that party. Um, and I had this really clear idea in my head of like the, what this party would be if I could go to it. Um, and, and nobody was doing it. And so I was like, fine, I'll do it. Right. The the reason in my mind, I can totally identify with the reason why someone would say, hey, only trans and female, you know, because it's it's not that they don't want anyone else there. It's they're trying to eliminate a certain type of person from going who's who's Absolutely. saying like, I want to see two chicks make out. Totally. I'm going to put on a wig and identify for a night, you know, there's. There's a certain, there's a person who would do that. I would have done that. There was a time in my life when I totally would have done that. And I would, you know, and I, mean, I don't know how else you, you I think you know. that, that alarm of like people of like men pretending to be trans women in order to in, infiltrate queer spaces um, is a very common fear um, in queer spaces, especially those queer spaces that grew out of lesbian separatist spaces. Yeah. Um, but Wait, I think. Hold on. Le lesbian separatists? Yeah. Uh, uh, first, first of all, you are correct to be looking at me right now like an idiot because I am sorry, an no, idiot. I don't, I don't, I don't. Lesbians. No, no, no. I'm saying I, I acknowledge I'm an idiot when it comes to this. The lesbian separatists. Right. These are the people who want Texas to secede from the union. Or they want women's only spaces. Women's okay. right, only spaces. Um, right. Separatists. I, like I'm not just, a lesbian. I have no idea. Yeah. I've never heard of this. Um, but Chelsea's like, yeah, see, there's a reason he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is actually really important because. Um, queer spaces that grew out of lesbian separatist spaces um, have that anxiety a lot um, because they want to keep out men. Right. 
Um, and I think that manifests in this really awful, um, like cis sexism and, and do you know what that means to me? To yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, you know what you should explain. I guarantee there's oh, people. For the listeners. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Chelsea's like, Oh, there's a microphone here. Right. We're, we're doing the thing. <laughs> right. Just, this is not just ranting time. Um, it, it results in this, this prejudice against, um, trans people and trans women specifically because it causes this really awful like suspicion to be laid on any trans woman or trans feminine spectrum that wants to enter the space um, because they're they're looked at automatically as like you're a potential infiltrator right? right you're a threat to the space when like trans women are women it should be a space for them and built to make them feel safe and comfortable right. and it ends up being spaces that that make them feel alienated and unsafe and it's it's really awful yeah and so having a safe space for trans people and a safe space for trans women specifically who get excluded from a lot of queer spaces um is is so so important to me um and is one of the one of the primary concerns that i have when crafting the policies for um the spaces that i create I mean, that you, I don't envy you. There's so much politics that goes in, involved, gets mm-hmm. involved. Again, there's no way you can't upset someone in doing yeah. this. Yeah, but I'm, I'm kind of fine with upsetting straight people. But when you, but, but even like, I mean, I guarantee you, there's, there is a lesbian separatist who would probably be upset by what you just said, well, right? See, I think. By the way, when you said lesbian separatist, I immediately went to Monty Python, and. The, we're the Judean People's Front. No, we're the Ju- People's Front of Judea. Fuck the Judean People's Front. Well, I think that's the great thing about um, planning events. Like, uh, you can plan the event you want. Mm-hmm. I can plan the event I want. We can plan the event we want. The person in the next room can plan the event they want. Yeah, I mean, we're all like, there's we're enough. All doing the best there's enough space. I mean, there's 365 days out of the year. There's enough space for everyone to have an event. And if you feel strongly about something, you should go ahead and do the work and create it. Right. Like, I, I am a firm believer in, like, doing the work. Right. And not, um, like, if there's something you want or there's something you think is missing, you go ahead and figure out how to make it happen. Right. Yeah. Don't don't change what I'm doing. I'm not going to tell you to change what you're doing. Just go ahead and no, you be, will. beat me. You will. Yeah. You're, you're the type of person who will. <laughs> this is wrong. You're doing it wrong. Uh, you want to talk about puppy play briefly? Sure. We've, we've only, we re- I don't think we've ever had 150 some shows and we've never had someone on who's uh, a puppy playist, puppy player, puppier. Puppy. Pup, damn it. Puppy um, separatist. Are there puppy separatists? <laughs> no, no I, I, I party with cats. It's fine. <laughs> um, so... I now, so this is one of those things where you're again, you're totally right to look at me like an idiot because when it comes to this, I am an idiot. Totally, you know. Um, so I'm going to ask you questions that are okay. totally stupid. I acknowledge they're stupid. I'm also going to ask you some questions that I probably know the answer to, but someone listening does not. Cool. Okay. Into it. So I'm going to be an idiot on their behalf. You're not going to know. When I'm being an idiot <laughs> or when I'm asking on someone else's behalf. Okay. I could be completely idiot in all of these and not know any of it. So, um, first off, what was your first foray into puppy play? I think I start, I knew that, that being a pet was a, was a DS, you know, thing, um, that you could be that, that, uh, sort of pet owner relationship was something that you could have. Um, 
And then I had started to, um, you know, I'd started to sort of try that on um, and feel what it felt like to, you know, um, while playing, put aside being human for a little while and see what it felt like to, to be something else in a safe container created for that. Um, and I think I, I, so I went to a Tess puppy play class that was, it was CB Kirby and boy Kevin, who I think now run Tess's leather sig, um, and who are very, very sweet gentlemen. Um, and that, I think that was when I learned that, that it wasn't just that, you know, you could do puppy play, but that there were, there were, there was puppy play, there's puppy community, there's classes, there's strategies, there's toys made around it. Um, I think one of the reasons for that is that puppy play is really, really big in gay male leather. Um, and it, it hasn't crossed the divide very much to like straight or, or, or queer as distinct from gay male leather. Age players will dis- will talk yeah. about going into like sort of like a regressing, you know, emotionally, mentally. Yeah, headspace. Be- right. Yeah. Is it the same for you? Is it uh, when you're in puppy play, do you get into like a puppy headspace? Yeah, you- definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, and I that's part of that's part of the value of it for me is that, you know, I. Being being having to be a, a human person, like it's kind of a drag sometimes, you know what I mean? Um, and there's always stuff going on in your head and you're always thinking about, you know, work and making rent and like the next thing that you have to do and all of your responsibilities and, you know, oh, I haven't called my mom in a few weeks. I should probably do that, you know, and, and all of the things that are wrapped up in what it is to be a human person. Um, and so getting to take all of those things, um, and just sort of gently put them aside for a little while and just get to be totally in your body, right. totally um, focused on what's happening to you in that moment. Um, you know, that's that's part of the value of, of BDSM in general for right. me. Um, and so when it when it manifests as puppy play, um, you know, there are different kinds of puppy play. You know, some some puppy play is is very like degradation focused. It's very like you're a dog. Eat out of this dog bowl because you're a dog and feel bad about that. Um, it sounds like that's how you do it by by the ringing endorsement you just gave. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a totally le- legit way of doing it, and people that do it that way, you know, um, like I understand it. Right. Um, but that's it's very different from how I do it because for me, like it's much more about it's about romping, it's about playing, right? Um, and and you know, getting to be totally totally embodied and totally relaxed and have and having the primary thing on my mind is like I wonder if someone will play fetch with me instead of oh my god I have six client meetings tomorrow I'm gonna right. die do you do you mind if I do like a, a back-to-back just questions sure. just, I mean yeah. do, I mean go ahead and expand if they they sound interesting enough to expand upon but uh, do you have like a specific when you are playing do you have a specific breed of dog you have in mind when you're playing I'm a squish face dog I'm sort of in the in the boxer bulldog like snorfly kind of really clumsy uh <laughs> falling all over your own face all the time sort of dog. Those of you playing at home, the onomatopoeia of the podcast today is snorfly. I mean you you know it's when when you I know what a, you mean. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> do you do you do you like oh, I got to sniff some crotches. Is that mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's also and relevant butts. Oh, I sniff butts. 
It's also relevant that like a lot of, a lot of puppy play happens in gay male spaces. And so like, you know, as, um, you know, as I start to explore those spaces, like in, in my gender journey stuff, um, that's been a, a, an avenue that's been a door in, into that for me. Um, and so those spaces have a lot of different conventions around, like around touch and around consent and around communication. Um, and so a lot of the puppy play that happens there, like it is just, you know, it is acceptable to just go up and sniff someone's butt, you know, even if you're not doing puppy play. (laughs) And, um, and so, and so a really cool thing about puppy play is that it's, it's sort of a study in nonverbal communication and consent. Sure. Um, where, you know, when two puppies are playing with each other, which is one of, one of the most wonderful things, um, you've just got two people who are interacting in this totally primal, totally relaxed, um, totally joyful way. Um, and doing it in a way that involves a lot of communication, but it's all totally nonverbal. Right. It's very cool. Yeah, it sounds like that. Do you, uh, do flea dip anything? <laughs> and that's probably one of those asshole questions, isn't it? Is, is that a, that's when people make jokes, does that like, oh, God, I'm good. No. no, no, I don't. I, I don't would feel... think after like the 15th joke, I'd be like, yeah, I get it. I mean, nobody's, nobody's asked me if I fleed it before, to be honest. So, well, I'm the so first asshole job. then in this, uh, in this realm. Then. Um, okay. So you're like a smoochy faced, no scrunchy, whatever the word. Squish face. Squish faced yeah. type of dog. The, the kind that looks like it got launched into the back of a truck. Are, are there, are there other like some, do- are there any other things that you take on? Other good, like, uh, are there some dogs that you don't react well towards? Yeah, like, like you're, you're, poodles or something. Like, are, <laughs> like, are you aggressive to some other dogs, yeah. or are you just like, you know, you know what I mean? Is there a what's your there's, energy like? There's a lot of there's a lot of really of like intra puppy dynamics, right. and you know, a lot of a lot of pup players are like they very intentionally take on the the sort of embodiment of a of a of like a big sort of growly, like a Doberman or like, you know, a dog with like sticky uppy ears that, that, you know, um, is very badass and very hard. Um, and, and so a lot of, a lot of pup players, they, you know, sometimes they play like that. Um, and I really don't play like that. Like I, I roll around and I chew on stuff and I fall over my own face. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm much less shy as a puppy than I am as a person. In the Bugs Bunny cartoons, you'd be the dog going, hey, Spike, what are we going to do now? The yeah, one that, okay, yeah, sure. That's me. Uh, I've never been, I've had a suspicion, but I've never been able to ask this question. Maybe on behalf of the entire canine community, you can answer this question. When someone does the fake fetch throw, yeah, uh, they're assholes, Right. I mean, I, I fall for it every time. So, but don't you afterwards, you're like, fuck, come on, man. <laughs> I always think whenever I see someone do that to our dog, and I'm like, fucking asshole. That's the one thing they live for, and you're doing this to them. <laughs> kind of assholish. It, I mean, it's a little assholish, but also like, it, you know, there's a lot, there's a, there's sort of a power dynamic. Like, puppy play is in part a DS thing. Sure. And so when someone's doing that to you, like, if they do, as long as they follow it up with an actual throw, they're probably okay. Then it's okay. But if they just only do mess. the fake, th- yeah, that's totally. Like what are we? What are we even doing here? Come right, on, right. <laughs> don't, are you wasting my time? Gonna pee on your foot. Do you have a dog name? I do. Um, my puppy name is Rocket. I have a. I have a collar. I have a tag. That's that's a pretty good dog name there. Yeah. See, it says Rocket. 
That's nice. Do you mind if can we get a photo? Do you mind if I have a photo of the? Yeah, that's fine. Cool. Um, do you want me to leave it on? Or? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I, so I, I, my puppy name is Rocket. Um, and I, I wear this. I wear this all the time. It's, it's a collar. It's right. also a symbol of, of you know, of ownership of being owned by, by my, uh, my owner. How did you find? Your owner. I mean, did, is there like a puppy play party that you went to? There, and there is a puppy play party. Um, my my owner. Um, we um, like they. I I became their puppy, and they became my owner in that dynamic after we'd already been together for a while. Oh, okay. Um, so I I didn't I wasn't all like I wasn't a puppy seeking an owner and found an owner. Right. Um, but we were we were together and we were playing with different dynamics and we found one that felt good one thing that people find hard in, in general if they're in a relationship with someone is just how to initiate play sometimes people find it difficult and if they don't have like mm-hmm. a set you know oh we're going to play at this time or whatever or you know if you're sit- but you know at the same time initiating sex is sometimes easier than initiating play just because you know, depending on the type of sex, you know, could have it, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Initiating puppy play is easy. You just bring them a question. toy and drop it in their lap. So if you, so it's just like, <laughs> it's just like our dog. It's just like, you just yeah. go and then they're like, no, not right now. Can you just hold on? Or, you know, is mm-hmm. it similar? Yeah, no, it's very similar. <laughs> like, I, it's also mm, my, my, I call it the, their usual title is captain because um, right. um, they're, they're genderqueer. And so. We had to find a gender neutral honorific, and so we we settled with captain. Um, and so my um, my captain, they're kind of a mind reader; like they can tell when I'm feeling, you know, sort of in, in a puppy space, right. um, or maybe it's just that my tongue hangs out of my face. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just about every uh, scene or every every type of kink, there are there is like a divide of people. Like a prime example of this uh, in the chastity community, I'm not a part of that community, but in that community there are people here. You just did this eye. Like, <laughs> so are you in the chastity? Oh, I'm. I've been trying, but they okay. do not. They do not make a lot of chastity devices for uh, for trans dudes. Well, that does not really exist. If you've been following the community, or if you read anything about, it, there are people who are who are like, you're not a real. If you haven't gone two months or seventeen years or whatever, so they have this idea of if you haven't gone X amount of time without an orgasm, you're not a true, you know, oh, chastity. It's like a no true Scotsman thing, right? Yeah. Yes. I'm, is there equivalent for puppy play? Like if you haven't <laughs> chewed the rawhide until your face bleeds, you're not a real. You know what I mean? Is there an equivalent? I've never seen anything like that. I will. I will say, um, you know, being in like gay male leather spaces, a lot of the time. A lot of the humans, they they don't really want to hang out with a guy like me. Like, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot, like they 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 don't see me as a guy, and you know, in the way that they want to be around. Oh. Um, and so and so they can be kind of shitty about it. But puppies don't give a shit. <laughs> puppies are the best people. They're like, you're a puppy. <laughs> you're a puppy. I don't care. Puppies they are just the best wrestle. people. They just want to play. Um, and they they like. It's it's like how when when I came in like your dog was like oh I know you're a dog person like <laughs> right, right. dogs can tell it's like the first time the dog hasn't really barked a lot it was Chelsea of course Chelsea was kicking the dog too that didn't help. <laughs> yeah that dog usually freaks me right out. right 
Yeah. So, so like puppies can tell when, when you're a puppy like them. You think she knew you were a pup? I, I think a lot of the time when I, when I deal with, you know, dog dogs, uh, they, they can <laughs> like tell dog they're, dog. Yeah, as opposed to a dog like me. Oh, okay. You know, like, like I was following along there. <laughs> Get with the program. <laughs> right. You know, you I thought know, you were you, making baby? like a statement between, you know, like this is like a seriously meaty dog versus yeah. like my dog, which is like 12 pounds of dog. That's true. That's yeah, what you, know, you were saying. You know, like, I'm a puppy, don't you? I think your dog is like five pounds of dog <laughs> and then a few other pounds of like. Your dog air? is like Lexi's Glitter, head. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so so I I have not found that that puppies do the no true Scotsman thing. I think I feel like they do the opposite. Oh, okay. Like they they can tell when when you've got you know like a puppy soul. Right. They, like, <laughs> feel, they feel that and they love you automatically you the way love, that dogs do. Your spirit says that your spirit rubs its ass on the carpet. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Chelsea. Yes. I haven't really. We, we we've talked about a lot of different things yeah. on the show, but we haven't really talked about. You and your kink journey, your separatist. I don't know. Are you a separatist? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a separatist. What, when, when did you first, like, what was your first exposure to the kink community? Or uh, When I was 15 or maybe, when I was 15 or 16. Hold that thought. Okay. All right. Resume. When I was 15 or 16, I got this, like, flyer for this party. And um, it was like a sex party. How did you get one at the age of 15 or 16? Someone gave it to me. This woman gave it to me. And, um... Sleazy. You did not grow up in the Midwest like I did. No. No. I, this is like, I used to hang out by, um, you know, like... The, the docks. I the, used to hang out by the docks. The cube. You know, the, like the Alnaster place. Oh, yeah, yeah. So someone gave it to me there. And I was like, oh, this seems great. And it was like 10 or $15. And this was... Wow, this was like 16 years ago. So about 16 years ago. And um, I had like my best friend at the time, Angelica. And I was like, Angelica, let's go to this party. And I think we went with someone else. And so we t- it was in Dumbo. And so we got um, like some 22s. This is, this podcast is quickly turning into something that if you're not a New Yorker, you've got to get out your Google <laughs> and Cube, Dumbo. <laughs> All right, go ahead. So yeah, we got, um, we're like, oh yeah, let's go. We Let's go to the sex party and see what's up. So we had, we had a couple, we drank, I remember drinking like some beers on the train. Um, and so I had been, ta- I had this, my parents got me this tutor through Princeton Review, which is like Kaplan. And I remember seeing one of the You're other. using words that I don't understand. I'm not an educated man. Uh, Kaplan is. They, they help you with test press, te- test prep oh, okay. for like SATs or ACTs. Okay. Um, they have like the books for you. Yeah, oh, sure, like the books. Right. Yeah. So for like getting into college and that someone from the test prep company was there at the party <gasps> playing. Oh, that's so funny. Well, someone from Princeton Review. You recognize them? Yes. Because they just... were super dykey looking. So I remember like they had a very distinct look. You can say those words. I cannot say those words. Um, I just said those words. I would not be allowed to say yeah. the separatist would kill me if I said those words. <laughs> they were very distinctly. They had a very distinct look. So I mentally remembered them from the office and I saw them at the party and there were a lot of people having sex and it was just so crazy. And I just remember watching like someone have like an orgasm, like right in front of me. I'm down getting all these. Oh, there were, we would gone. There were more people that we went with too. And I just remember it was just like the craziest experience. That's so funny that you went to short bus. So I just remember to, but... that and it was just so crazy. And um 
after that, did you did you just watch? I just you... watched. I was too scared. You're runner. I... <laughs> I just watched. I was too I scared. I was too scared, and I didn't really know. Did someone anyone proposition you during the time? What did? How did people react to you? Did they even? I mean, I was like 16. That's so what I'm saying. Were probably didn't like, oh, look saying, at that young... hey, who's the fetus with shoes in here? <laughs> no, they were probably like fetus. <laughs> uh, um, no, I don't really remember. Like, I, I was. I mean, I don't know. Like, my 16-year-old consciousness was like, I, I can't really tell you what I was thinking. Sometimes, I mean, I could go back and look at my old journals and get back to you, but... Oh, please do that. That would be so cute. Um, I just yeah, remember... Oh, I've left this part out at the time, too. So, I obviously was 16 or 15, so I lived at home with my parents, and my father found the flyer for the party and, like, begged me not to go. Wait, so this is before the party? He found it. Yeah, because I had, like, because like, I'm, like, 16, you know, you can't really hide anything. He found the flyer. I remember it was little and red. And he's like, Chelsea, this is really sick. Don't go to this. This is, like, really fucked up. Well, why didn't your father just say, you're staying home this night? Because that wasn't the dynamic we had. Okay. Um, Because I really had a, like, fuck you, I do what I want attitude. And if he would have, like, there was no way to really keep a hold on me because, like, I had to go to school that day, like... It was much better to, like, try and talk me into something than to, like, try and hold me down. There's a church thing on the same night. <laughs> yeah, I, I made up a lie about going somewhere else or maybe I said it was canceled. I don't know. I do remember having a discussion about it. Like, there were very few things we had to have. What was like, so creepy about it? Did it say, like... It said it was, like, a little handmade flyer, like, not, like, a postcard, like, a red piece of paper with black text saying, like, sex party, like, 433XX Street, like, 10 to $15 sliding scale, like, potluck. You know, like, it said crazy shit like that. Like, of course you wouldn't want your teenage daughter going there. Potluck. What is this, a sex club for Lutherans? Why is this? <laughs> All my sex parties are potlucks, though. Oh, really? Are That's you a Lutheran? I'm, I'm not. I'm Jewish. So That's a no, then. No, but but I'm Jewish, so I just I want to feed everybody. I'm just at Lutherans. Everything's a potluck when you're Lutheran. It's just, oh, maybe it's just a potluck surge. They're very popular. So uh, there were. So he begged me not to go. I went anyway, and um, I actually recently like I'm. I wasn't friends with like that person who I mentioned who I went with. They were like my best friend. Like we just whatever. Like we were reconnected on Facebook. We recently found like some old pictures from that night of us like on the train, like in our North Face jackets with our beers. Uh, yeah. Um, so that was my first like watching someone come like in front of my face. Oh, and you really, you really jumped in with both feet. Thanks. Um, <laughs> Well, I, I will say one thing that I, I feel like I've known you for a minute now. And yeah. I feel like I, I can say confidently that you don't half-ass anything. Thank you. I watched a lot of, um, I had my a TV in my room growing up. And so I watched a lot of like pornography on TV. So I think I got, they have um this channel like 35 or they used to have it like public access with this woman, Robin Bird. And it, the people would do these strip teases. It was free with cable right and um i used to watch that like on mute a lot and so there there would be people stripping and they'd be like come see me at like blah 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 strip club or like and then in between that was the show that was the content of the show yeah if you google it there it's it's famous they had uh snl skits about robin bird and what was great about them if you like go back and watch the old snl skits it's because it's like shitty tv it like freeze frames um, and she was so, she would wear this crocheted 
Um, so she was a, a woman and she had very bleach blonde hair with bangs and she would wear a crocheted bikini. But she didn't have like your typical like bikini model body. And sometimes she would also have a snake on her and she would say, sit back and relax and get comfortable with your lover. And if you don't have one, you always have me, Robin Bird. (laughs) (laughs) I'm paraphrasing a little bit. And then she would talk about like the importance of using condoms. And then if you didn't, and dental dams and you could cut a condom into a dental dam. This is all true. It sounds horribly amateur. Does it yeah. sound <laughs> And um so in between so in between the strip teases and then there were some interviews, it, this whole show is sponsored by these sex phone lines. Right. And so each of them would have themes, many of which are extremely politically incorrect. Right. But um so the themes would all be like it would be like it could be like college or like song. It depends on the night. So I think there was like some exposure to like kink and like other stuff there. Did you ever go to Switch when that was around? I loved Switch. Yeah, Switch was such a good. Switch party. was a really cool party that happened at Paddles, which is a a club in the city, and it happened like maybe once a month. It was once a month. And it happened in this back room, and it was just a super queer party, and it had like a sign on the wall which says like, "Do you agree with these rules? Do you feel like this is a space where you belong? If so, like, come on in." And the other really cool thing about paddles is they have like, and they have it to this day too. If anyone's listening, they have free STD testing. Yeah, yeah. So you I can just go in that. the back room, and it's really neat too. Like instead of going and having like the doctor it's do like the NYU swabs, student, you actually like go into the bathroom and do it yourself. I got like tested for some stuff there, mm-hmm. and you just like take these Q-tips. Like they don't do the pap; it's like yeah. you do it yourself. Anyway, it's there's a lot of really cool stuff going on at Paddles. I had my liver transplant done there. Really yeah. <laughs> Very affordable. Uh, I did some nasty shit at Switch in my day. Oh, my goodness. What'd you do? They let you do anything there. Yeah. They, well, the, the, they, the rules for queer parties are care. so different. What are the rules? I put, I put a baseball butt up a kid's butt at Switch. No, not a baseball butt. A baseball bat? Baseball bat. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> like a shit. wooden one? Or no, like a wolf ball one? A little aluminum one. Oh, okay. Um, but there, There's no such thing as a little aluminum one. Their partner <laughs> and my partner were standing off the side whistling, taking me out to the ball game. The whole time. Oh, that's funny. Did you, yeah. you decide? Well, obviously, you didn't just have the baseball bat. You had planned it. Well, I, I had intended to hit them with it, and then things got a little out of hand. Yeah, and they have, yeah, that party is super fun. And you could yeah, also, that was, that was a really sweet party. Work oh, yeah, the no, door. I was, was going to hit this person with a baseball bat, but it got a little they out just of hand. <laughs> bent over. I thought hitting well, them with a baseball bat would have been. I, I want to be clear. Like, we did, we did talk about it in advance. <laughs> right, like, okay. I wonder if, and I was like, only one way to find out. Uh, <laughs> we also had we had a this is this is the kind of Broadway faggot I am. They had a we had a um, cats themed switch fight where they were Mister Mistopheles and I was the Rum Tum Tugger and we just chased each other through paddles and and like slapped each other in the face and we ran through because the the um, <laughs> main space of paddles during switch the main space is like a was like a test bar, like a DSF party, yeah like a straight like dumb so you could go party. in that space but like not everyone was it was like a bracelet thing like yeah. everyone was welcome in general paddles but only people who agreed with the policies on the sign were welcome in that back room right so there's me and this other like strange gender ambiguous person um, wearing like leg warmers. <laughs> prancing through the DSF party yelling, what does the rum tum tugger do? And everyone was like, what the fuck? When you, when you said 
cats themed. Oh no, cats! Uh, cats the musical. Cats. I know now. I know. I mean, like cats the music. I'm like, oh okay. This is the this is the musical cats. I thought you were talking about this is a cat, and they're like, what's a rum tum tugger? What is it? That's a porn thing. I the rum tum tugger is a furious cat. Uh, so apparently, who? Yeah, it does. There the isn't any need for you right. to doubt it. That's right. I'm sorry. So let's talk again. We have about just a few more minutes to talk about Amherst Revolt. Okay. I could talk to you forever, but I have work to do, unfortunately. Okay. Trust me, if I had a choice, I'd keep doing this. Um, so a, a long time ago, I was telling you about, uh, this was when we first started working on the project together. I don't know how it came up or whatever. And you said, oh, have you thought of going to Amherst Revolt? You asked me this. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm not. I mean, I thought it was for queer people. And you're like, well, you're queer kind of, right? Or whatever. You, how does one, the question is how, did, first off, I wouldn't consider myself queer because I, not that I ha- I don't have any problem with that identifier, but I don't know what the identification of queer is now, apparently. If I could be considered that. I mean, that's kind of what's cool about queerness, right? Is that it's a very flexible thing. So when, when we say that Amherst Revolt is a queers only space, we're using a definition of queer that's broad enough to encompass the definition used by anyone who self-identifies that way. So in the application, it, it's the wording I'm not probably going to get right because I'm not looking at it right now. You might recall yeah, it, though. What it is, is it says that it says Emerus Revolt is a space for queers. Do you think that it's or do you feel like it's a space for you? We know it's a complicated question. Feel free to give us a complicated answer. Yeah. So some people write a paragraph. People some write people so write much. four words. So I'm, I'm saying for people listening, they should have the expanded definition in their mind when they're asking themselves this question. I mean, people are we've accepted people. First of all, I'll say we accept significantly more people than we yeah. put say no to. Right. So people that write yes, that's totally fine. Some people write I'm Polly, I'm pan i'm this i'm this i used to be this 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 that i'm absolutely Mm -hmm. freaking queer you know some people will write a paragraph people yeah people will write different variations they'll tell us about themselves no but Uh, so it's it's really a in many ways it's a trust and it's like do you want to share this experience other people write um because i think in many ways it's kind of fluctuating like when people you know like are maybe not sure what their gender is or what pronouns, or they'll say things like, I'm going by these pronouns, but I'm not sure what they'll be by this summer. Right. So people, it's yeah, kind I of like, we, we keep it sort of, we don't want to just like assume we know you because you may write straight or you may write hetero flexible, but that may be because you're still in your journey. Right. Right. And it, it's also relevant that like being a, a person of like one gender who is in a relationship or like generally prefers relationships with people of a gender that is different from your own is not, does not preclude being queer as we understand queerness. Like when I, when I say that I want to be around people who are queer, what I mean is that I want to be around people who are thoughtful and who take the identities that they take um, seriously Instead of just saying, oh, well, I, I, you know, every piece of media that I've ever seen and like every person that's ever told me how to live my life said that I'm a dude and I should have sex with ladies. And so that's what I want to do. But who actually like, that's why I do it. think about, um, you know, what their actions and their identities mean to them and and are really conscious about it, whether that is, 
you know, whether those actions are things that like on the surface look like they wouldn't have had to do that self-examination. Like it's that self-examination and that care and that like moving through the world consciously and gently. That's important to, to me rather than like, well, it looks like you are a dude flavored person and you like to bone lady flavored people. Therefore you can't sit with us. Like that's a really, that's, that's a much more um, superficial analysis than we're interested in. Well, and I have to say, uh, when Chelsea first sent me the questionnaire and I was reading it, I'm like, God damn, I'm boring. I, I, I am very, you know, I, I, and I have lots of friends who, this sounds like, I hate it when people say, I have friends who fill in the blank. I've got gay, I've got black friends. I hate that. But I have friends who do put a lot of thought into many different aspects of your sexuality. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't think a lot about Mine. I think it's I just because it is right. My sexuality is what it is. So if it's, you know, if it's pegging one day, it's pegging, whatever. I don't I don't put a lot of thought in it because I don't think I'm I don't know. I'm just I am what I am. That's whatever. I don't uh, I, when I'm reading it over, I was like, Jesus Christ, I don't think nearly as much as I, I think I'm missing out on not analyzing my stuff myself enough or something. I don't know what it is, but I feel like I'm like, Jesus, I am totally missing the boat on a lot of self-discovery or something like that. And I'm going to get around that. I got way too much work to do. To- <laughs> I mean, I think I don't think about stuff like that that much, but I did want to bring up like one thing that has come up is um, people who are in relationships where one person identifies as queer and the other person doesn't. Um, And that's something we've kind of come across as well. And right. that's why I think we are also like the idea is to create a super safe space and that we're sort of that's why the application and sort of the openness is so important to gauge for fit well if the other person if their partner let's say for example uh prime example like if we were to use your definitions i would say sod is queer i'm boring and whatever but at the same time i do love being around people who do put that lot you know i'm saying is that i would still be part of that safe space is what i'm saying i would not make it an unsafe space I wouldn't be like if my dad were to go. He go he, the whole time. He'd just be. You'd hear him saying, "What the hell?" That's basically what he'd be saying. <laughs> what the hell? That's basically all he'd say the entire week. I wouldn't be doing that. I'm saying is don't discount someone because they might be some people who want to be exposed. Maybe they live in an area where they can't be exposed to other people who with other identities, and this would be a good experience for them. Yeah. Then again, maybe you don't want to be the. I mean, we're, we're not. We're not a zoo. Right. Right, right, right. Right. So it depends on how you answer the application. Right. right. Um, so there and, is no yeah. most most queer people, like especially people whose identities are very complicated, spend a lot of time being forced into an educational role. Right. Like, I think part of the value of a queers only space, or one might say, a queer separatist space. I was just going to say, I'm a separatist separatist. Uh-huh. Right. Part of, I think part of the value of that is that you get a, you get a chance to have a break from having to explain yourself to That's people true. all the time. That's a good point. Um, you know, like one of the, one of the reasons that I prefer to, you know, party in queer spaces to the extent that I can is that, you know, I don't, I, I can just be the person that I am and do the things that I want to do without having it be a learning experience for the people around me. Right. Because, like, I don't, I don't. That's a good point. That that's a very good point. Uh, that's uh, July 31st through August 2nd. 
That's right. Fill up the form right now. Our website is amorousrevolt.com. Our Twitter and Facebook is just amorousrevolt. Uh, Thanks, Chelsea and Yandy. And uh, one other thing, too, is um, they're actually having a a queer picnic in the park in Boston that's coming up on May May 2nd uh, from 3 to 6 p.m. That's coming up. So, um, wow, that's, holy cow, that's really soon. That's, uh, but you can find out more uh, by going to AmherstRevolt.com and signing up for the newsletter and uh, shoot them an email. They'll give you all the details, too. Once again, that's AmherstRevolt.com. Uh, if you sign up and then you get approved, use the coupon code uh, MASSACAST to get 50 bucks off. Uh, again, AmherstRevolt.com. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.